everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Constipated Christian. My name is Nick, and I'm here with our host and founder, Bud Browning. Hey, everyone. Today, we want to talk about despair. Uh, we probably don't need to go too in-depth with that. I'm sure if you've seen the news the past, just the past week alone, you know that there's a lot to be um, despaired over. And uh, so we want to talk about that a little bit, what we as Christians can do in times of despair. And then we kind of want to talk about someone who we think we can learn a lot from. So, Bud, you want to take us away? That's a good one. You just can yeah. leave it at that? Yeah. That's the tease? Okay. The tease. <laughs> <clears throat> so, well, I mean, gosh, I can't segue like I was going to segue. There. So I, I watched a movie. Can I tell what the movie yeah, was? Yeah, you can say okay. the movie. All right. So... I watched the movie, uh, Father Stew, and uh, I don't know, I just uh, was watching the previews trying to figure out how I could do this thing, and it just came out the other day, and so I, my wife and I bought it, and I'm watching it, I thought, gosh, what a great movie, just got a lot of uh, nice mm-hmm. quotes in there, and uh, he's a Catholic priest, I won't uh, be a spoiler or whatever, but before I get to that, I, I was telling Nick, you know, I, I, I was also thinking about the the time that and it eventually i'm gonna lead up to the uh, despair uh-huh. thing which is going to kind of get into him but uh you know what's on our minds what preoccupies our time and our energy and just our um just our attention you know and, and i'm just thinking because we've done so many of these podcasts on how we get sidetracked and we and we get away from living the mission and we're just not uh being 100 percent committed and you know um so i I'll just leave it at that. But um, <clears throat> so I turned on the news the last couple of days just to f- uh, kind of get a pulse on what f- uh, we as a nation or the world, as it turns out, you know, are just kind of preoccupied with. And just and I'll just run off. And this is like two days worth of just going back between uh, Fox News, CNN and some uh, financial channels. But uh, the things that are on people's mind and I, I, I didn't write down the percentages or whatever, but. Uh, in no particular order, gas prices, crime, mass killing of kids in schools, the woke mentality, inflation, healthcare, the environment, uh, global warming, racism, gender issues, abortion, government control, homelessness, liberal crime policies, uh, retirement accounts underperforming because of inflation and people are losing money on their retirement accounts, um, thousands of migrants coming across the border, fentanyl uh, going crazy with uh, the amount of people that are coming over and bringing all this stuff over, and then not uh, the least of which to mention the uh, Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. So when you think about all that, Nick mm-hmm. and I were just kind of prefer- prefacing our comments before. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah. it's... Uh, depressing yeah put it plainly yeah so uh you know to escape all this uh you know and they were talking and they even talked about this you know that uh we immerse ourselves in work uh we focus on entertainment for escape instead of immediately asking god uh, they didn't say this but you know to me i, I extrapolated forward mm-hmm. that instead of immediately asking god for help we just kind of you know drown ourselves in work and our entertainment mm-hmm. binge watching was all kinds of stuff and so, you know, instead of being uh, wide awake, we tend to want to be numbed, it seemed uh, seemed mm-hmm. like. We want to zone out. We don't want yeah. this uh, to be in our minds anymore. So, um, 
uh, we talked last uh, a couple of times ago or a few times ago about, uh, you know, the buffaloes and the cows. And I, I, I remind you about the comment that Cody meant or uh, said about uh, the uh, meaning of the buffaloes running head on into the storm and getting it mm -hmm. over with. And the cows, they just kind of turn and try to run away from it. And the storm keeps following them. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the, uh, you know, the uh, definition of uh, despair was uh, I was thinking, gosh, this uh, people are just feeling uh, a lot of angst and despair. And I looked up the de definition of despair, the complete loss or absence of hope. Mm -hmm. And so segueing into that, after watching that movie, I was thinking that some of these, it all let uh, Nick talk about some of these quotes, but uh you know, some of these quotes that he had in the movie, I thought, gosh, it, it's so uh, poignant to today uh -huh. that, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, one of them is my suffering is a gift from God in this life, no matter how long it lasts. It's a momentary affliction preparing us for eternal glory. And there's uh -huh. others that we'll talk about. But uh, that's kind of what prompted me to talk about all this. Yeah, and I think the quote that stood out to me and some of the clips that I've seen, I haven't had a chance to watch the movie yet, um, but brought it up to me on Sunday afternoon after church. And it kind of prompted me to read about and learn about the guy who the film is based on. But uh, the quote that kind of stood out to me was um, this guy said, Father Stu said, um, don't ask God to give you an easy life, but rather ask God to give you the strength to endure suffering. I think I'm paraphrasing that. Or we shouldn't bit. pray for an easy life, but the yeah. strength to endure a difficult one. Yeah, that's what it was. And I mean, that sounds, you know, all fine and dandy. And it can be easy to say for people when it, you know, you're healthy or wealthy or doing pretty well. But I think when you, you understand the story of Father Stu, uh, Stuart Long, I think, you know, it gives you a lot more context about like, oh, wow, not, you know, he knew what it looked like to live a really difficult life. So you want me to jump into that? Yeah, or? go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, uh, this is the real Stu. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Father Stu, the movie Bud is referencing is based on a guy named Stuart Long. <clears throat> so he actually started off as kind of a an amateur boxer, I guess, is what mm, I was that's reading. Right. And, um, you know, had suffered some injuries that prohibited him from pursuing that any further. I think I read somewhere that they said he they had to replace a lot of his jaw. So he had like mm. fake teeth for most of his life. And then when he tried to get back into boxing, it was just it was too different and difficult. So he just kind of had to hang up his gloves. So that was obviously a challenge that he faced. But um, what kind of set him on this path of wanting to be a priest was he suffered a near-death experience. So basically what happened was a car hit him while he was on a motorcycle. And then after hitting him, it actually ran him over. So And then because of this, he had some brain damage and they didn't expect him to survive at all. But miraculously, he recovered. Um, he started going to a Catholic church, him and his girlfriend. And around this time, he felt this calling to pursue priesthood. So he began to set on that path. And his story just could have ended there, but it really doesn't. Later in life, he got sick. He got a kind of a form of um, ASL or Lou Gehrig's, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. So 
and ended up passing away due to some complications of that. But um, through all of this suffering, he was able to really inspire a lot of people to give them hope, even though they were in situations that were hopeless. So I'm going to let Bud talk about that. Yeah, and I got you. Uh, you have some points. The the, the movie followed uh, pretty close to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't hear you read that before, but um, uh, you know, he kind of um, he didn't harass her or whatever this girl, but he he saw this girl. I don't know where he was working, like a volunteer thing or something. And she was putting up a poster or something to go to a, a Catholic function or whatever. And so mm -hmm. he, he he tracked her down and yeah. uh, went for her and you know told her that he wanted to be her. Uh, you know, he was really attracted to her and on. She would listen. I'm a Catholic girl, and of course, he was using the foul language. And, you know, he said, "Well, what do I have to do to, you know, whatever?" And she goes, "Well, you know, number one, you got to clean up your act. You got to, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I don't know whether she said you got to be baptized or whatever." He said, "But, but I have to have somebody that I can take home to my parents, mm -hmm. not somebody like you, because you know, right. he was very foul mouthed and on and on." I think but, we should note that the movie does have an R rating, so this isn't necessarily an endorsement oh, yeah, no, yeah, of it. Not but, watch um, at church or whatever. Primarily for the bad language, yeah. is my understanding. And I don't want to so. be a spoiler, so we don't want to spoil the movie. I, I didn't think about that, but we're kind of telling the movie. But the uh, so now that I'm thinking about that, yeah. So I'm not going to go into all that other stuff. But uh, the idea being that he was willing to commit to do whatever she wanted mm -hmm. him to do for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. In fact, it got to the point where he says, I am, and he went to all these classes and on and on. And then uh, she saw this is great, you know, and they've kind of fell in love and she, and uh, he met her sometime and he thought, she thought he was going to ask her to marry him at this restaurant. He said, no, I want to tell you that I'm going to become a priest. Well, mm -hmm. she just kind of fell apart and, you know, on and on. Yeah. so I won't go to the end of the story, but he did eventually get, um, he suffered. Uh, I think he lived to be, what did it say? 50 or 15, something. Yeah. So uh, he suffered the mm -hmm. whole time. He was, um, just in a lot of pain. I think it uh, uh, hardened his mus muscles. I'm not sure what the disease was. Had a hard time walking, moving his fingers. Mm -hmm. uh, but in all that, he never gave up. He was just so committed, uh, completely changed his whole life, his attitude, uh, mm -hmm. and just his drawing near to God during these times of being in deep despair. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking about all those things that I read off earlier, like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, we have a lot to be despaired about, and it, it is uh -huh. very difficult for us to step back. And, uh, you know, one of the other quotes he said in here is that God doesn't promise our stories will make sense, but he does promise they'll find their greater purpose if we're patient. Uh -huh. And I thought, wow, that's another great quote that, uh, you know, it's really hard right now, especially with inflation. And, you know, these last two or three things we talked about, the inflation, the gas prices, uh, maybe some of this stuff didn't affect our pocketbooks, but when you start affecting people's pocketbooks uh, and their finances, now I hear a lot of angst. You know, if uh, gas gets to ten dollars a gallon, uh, hundred eighty bucks to fill up an eighteen uh, gallon tank or whatever, and just mm -hmm. people are really starting to get depressed and feel despair. Apparently, I'm not apparently, but obviously, mm -hmm. yeah. So as you were watching this movie and you saw some of the things that he was doing to um, find hope, not only for his suffering and his despair, but also give people hope for their despair. What were some things you saw him doing or, you know, the character, at least in the film? So Mark Wahlberg plays Father Stu in this movie. Mm -hmm. So what were some things that you saw the character doing where you're like, wow, that's something really cool that 
Christians can apply in their own lives as they're trying to live out their faith. You know, he uh, one of the uh, scenes I was telling <clears throat> Nick about that <clears throat> they went to visit a prison, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and kind of the straight laced um, priest went with him, and they went inside and they uh, sat down. And here's all these hardened criminals looking at him. You know, all these mm-hmm. guys, these yellow suits, by about twenty or thirty of them. <clears throat> and the straight laced priest is trying to talk about, you know, loving our uh, just you know just kind of the mm-hmm. stuff that we always talk about. You know, and Mark just had to say, listen sit down a second and he just started and i won't say the language or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean he just straight talked to them mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the quotes um that came out of the movie was some of the most remarkable figures in the church are reformed men mm-hmm. so you know kind of what put me in the mind or what i was thinking was it it kind of takes one to know one in order for somebody to relate to somebody like that in prison mm-hmm. these hardened criminals uh, it, it took a father stew or somebody like him to go through this terrible life that he went through mm-hmm. and uh, to uh, give hope for people that were struggling and, you know, in despair. So I thought mm-hmm. the, the movie really kind of illustrated the fact that, you know, why we, why God allows us to go through these terrible times mm-hmm. and then fast forward to that scene where, you know, he's able right. to relate to people, you know? Yeah. So I think there's kind of like two principles we can glean <laughs> from that. So, speaking people's languages but then also being ourselves i mean we've talked about before you know the power of plain talk and Mm. not using christianese um when talking to non-christians um you know in the same way that a missionary who's going overseas is going to learn the language of the people that they're going to be ministering to i think it could be valuable for us as christians as we're living out our faith to use the language of the people we're trying to um, minister to. So whether that's, you know, some of the jargon or maybe if that's um, just kind of not dumbing down per se, but simplifying, you know, the theological concepts that maybe we're trying to communicate in a way that the people that we're talking to might understand. But then the flip side of that, and it can almost seem kind of contradicting why we want to be able to speak the people's language we also want to be ourselves we want to be authentic because but if you or i were in that same situation speaking to folks in prison um if we just started using you know bad language it would kind of it would seem a little bit off like we'd be like i don't really feel like you really talk like that i feel like you know you're just kind of trying to well, don't you know, forget be someone you're not i was in the, service, I was in the <laughs> military true. so that's true. i was in vietnam so i uh, I, uh, gosh, you know, I don't think I ever have talked exactly like you're talking yeah. because it does bother me to hear, uh, to, to be around people that swear a lot. And it always did back then, you know, the F word and on and on. I'm thinking like, uh, you know, my dad used to say, Hey, the, their lack of intelligence, uh, you know, is why they use those words because they can't sure. think of the word yeah. they want to use. <clears throat> but, uh, but you're right about, uh, uh, you couldn't really go in and, uh, I don't think you could bluff them for the number one. You couldn't mm-hmm. bluff them for those yeah. guys. Cause you couldn't even use the foul words mm-hmm. correctly. Right. Say, Hey brother, you know, <clears throat> but I want to uh, kind of circle back to this, um, uh, Exodus 14, 13, you know, the, uh, Moses, uh, you know, God, par- uh, parting the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And I thought this, I, and, and this came up in this father's Tuesday. I don't know. I'm not sure why I got this, but. Uh, Exodus 4, uh, 14, 13, 
Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then it went on to say, uh, don't you love that? Moses turned their uh, the people that were in trouble, you know, uh, the Israelites, he turned their eyes away from trouble and pointed them straight to heaven, which uh -huh. well, we're kind of talking about here. You know, we need to look up instead of down and all the stuff around us. God hushed their face. God hushed their fears like no one else could and turned a moment of great alarm into a beautiful victory. When we tell that story, we tell it as one of deliverance and hope. We almost forget the Egyptians were even uh, ever pursuing them. The Israelites thought they were on the edge of disaster, but they were actually on the edge of a miracle. So, you know, I'm thinking like, gosh, you know, are we, it seems like we got to be a, pretty close to this because it's going to take a miracle to get us out of all the stuff mm -hmm. that I just mentioned, which is pre <clears throat> preoccupying us. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So I thought that was very poignant that, uh, you know, we fear all this stuff and we uh, get a great despair, great angst. Uh, how is, how is this ever going to turn around? How are we going to change all the things I just mentioned? And it's going to be because of God's grace, God's miracle, you know, and that quote that he uh, talked about, about, uh, I think the other interpretation of it is that God grant me the things I can change and the power, uh, you know, change the things I can and the patience, you know, waiting for God to, to, to act. You know, I think that's uh -huh. the, you know, the 40 years of, you know, after the Israelites uh, went through there and then they sent them out to 40 years in the desert or whatever. So, you know, God has his own time. He has his own reasons. He has his own meaning for all this. And I, I think a lot of this escapes me, escapes other people. But uh, God is always in control. Mm -hmm. We know that something's something good is going to happen out of this. Some some miracle is, is, is going to come up. Yeah. And I think on that note is we don't want to. We don't want to peg, you know, God on what that miracle might be because i think we might have an idea of what that miracle looks like for some people you know talk about some of the situations they might think oh it could be a new policy or legislation or a change of leadership mm. that's what it's going to take no. to get it and we don't want to put our faith in a particular situation leading or a particular outcome I think that kind of goes back to the real life fathers do. So as I was kind of reading about his life, it talks about how he visited uh, this place that's significant for to Catholic priests. Um, this was shortly after he learned about his disease and he believed, you know, wholeheartedly that the Virgin Mary was going to come to him and miraculously heal him. And when that didn't happen, uh, I was reading that it said that he was really devastated and felt abandoned. Like he kind of mm -hmm. went through this kind of crisis of faith, like, Hey, God's not healing me in the way that I'm expecting. He's not giving me the miracle that I need right now. And then it also talked about how he later, you know, kind of returned for a second time. And after, you know, not being healed, you know, the second time he did feel a sense of peace and what he kind of took away from that, you know, so the first time not being healed, kind of had a crisis of faith, but then the second time had a restoration of that faith and kind of paraphrasing what he said is he kind of felt like he was being called to carry that cross, carry that disease mm. on behalf of Christ. 
So I think when we look at the despair in our own lives, we can look at, okay, what does it look like to carry this for Christ? I do remember that scene. Mel Gibson played his dad, and he walked into the church when Mark Wahlberg, was, or Father Stu, was on the mm-hmm. ground in front of the Virgin Mary, I think it was, at the feet of her. Yeah, I think it was that. And, uh, you know, the, you know, the father going to get up and, and the dad wasn't a believer, you know, yeah. uh, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but uh, you know, just get up. What are you doing? You know, this is crazy, but, um, yeah, it's just that, uh, despair, the angst we're going through and uh, waiting for this to end. And I kind of, I mean, not that I'm getting in God's head or whatever, obviously I'm not going to pretend mm-hmm. to be there. But when I read all those things off, I mean, there must have been about 15 or 20. Those are just ones I heard in two days. But when you think about all this preoccupation of all this down stuff, I mean, to uh-huh. us, it just seems like overwhelming. Uh, can't fix it. Uh, I feel so weak and just like, gosh, I'm just powerless. And then I have to remember the scripture that we are the strongest when we're at our weakest. So uh-huh. I think God just has to keep bringing us to our knees because uh, we can't figure uh, the way out of this for some people. And, I, and I'm hearing suicides and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh-huh. So it, it, it is really affecting people. So I, I know that God is at work. I know I have to be patient. And I know there's a purpose in all this. But, uh-huh. you know, uh, just wish it would, uh, you know, I mean, if we could see it, then I, I think we could see, okay, there's an end to it or how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, like, how long can this go on? They, they were trying to yeah. make extrapolate, uh, you know, predictions or whatever. But yeah. um, So let me ask you this. On the, you know, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. And <clears throat> a lot of the people listening might not have, but more so read about uh, his life. But there's a scene in the trailer where there's people essentially lining up around the block to see him and someone comes in and says, I'm oh, here yeah. to see father Stu. And she yeah, basically yeah. says, get in line yeah. or whatever. Every they're all here to see him too. So for those people who are lining up, you know, just, you know, almost like they would for a celebrity, what is it that they were, ho- what was it that these folks were wanting to encounter from him? Cause obviously they saw him as a person of peace, a person of hope, and they wanted to, talk to him, glean something from him. What were some of those interactions like in the film when he met? You know, it was just, I think they just showed just the one effect. They showed the other priest that he was with in the prison. But Mm -hmm. to your uh, question about why do I think they came to him? Mm -hmm. I, now that I, now that you're asking that, I didn't have reflected on this, but I think it was because he was, he, he went through such a painful life. Mm-hmm. And yet still, you know, that, uh, you know, that we all want to end well, you know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how we are living, but just, we want to end this well. And I think because people knew about his struggles, mm-hmm. what a fighter he was uh, through thick and thin, through all this terrible disease, it was killing him, that he still had faith. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to, to just, uh, you know, identify with somebody like that. That's why they came to him. I, because they were all in despair. I, I believe mm-hmm. they wouldn't come to him if they were right. feeling good or whatever. So, yeah. And the reason I asked that <clears throat> is because I think that we can look at the situations that we're in right now and say, Hey, maybe this is something that God is giving us to carry and through our strength, through the strength we get from God to 
bear this, you know, these hard times and these situations that we're in, we, when we're able to keep our faith, we can be hope to somebody else, just like he was hope for the people who are lining up to see him. So when we have hope in these, you know, dark times, we can also then give hope to the other people who may not believe. Another great point you bring up uh, as Christians, Christ followers, Christ like behavior, mm -hmm. would we get down and I mean, would mm -hmm. we be at this woe is me person? So great point that uh, if you profess your faith, you have to live your faith, mm -hmm. uh, pick up your cross daily, <clears throat> bear the cross, bear the burden. Mm -hmm. and uh, live through this, you know, and instead of just getting on the bandwagon of, oh, what was me? And, you know, I'm just, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think that's a great point that you bring up that, uh, that as Christians, we have to weather the storm. We have to stand firm. I talked, we talked about putting on the, uh, the body armor and uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, we just got to every morning get up and just do that because we're going to be just barraged with the stuff daily until God mm -hmm. works this miracle or gets us out of this, you know? Yeah. One of the quotes, uh, 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 the last thing here that I had was that, um, uh, this doesn't come from the movie. It just came from one of the articles that uh, God will never lead us where his grace cannot provide for us or his power mm -hmm. cannot protect us. Yet like many people, they walk by sight and not by faith, and their mm -hmm. unbelief displeased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11.6. Their failure to believe in God's word kept them from entering the promised land. This truth has never changed. And that mm -hmm. comes from the Israelites uh, uh, being chased or whatever. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, and again, I, 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 as I was reading this thing uh, earlier about the uh, parting of the Red Sea, you know, Moses coming up to this and being surrounded and or not being surrounded, but just being almost, you know, they're on him. And then mm -hmm. having the faith or the courage to walk across that water when it's parted. I mean, I just thinking like mm -hmm. if I get halfway out there, what's going to happen? You know, right. <clears throat> so you have all these doubts, you know, so. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. We can't be doubt, uh, doubting. We got to be uh, strong. We have to be as strong as when we're down as when we're uh, through the good times also, I think, is the moral of the story there. So. Yeah. So as we wrap up, even <clears throat> though there's a lot of despair and, you know, absence of hope going on in the world, it is cool to see that there are these stories of people who found hope and inspired hope yeah. in spite of it. Well, yeah. What a great time to bear this movie also. So I saw that and I saw uh, Top Gun 2, which I would <laughs> also recommend, highly recommend. <laughs> Not any kind of message, but it was a good movie. Good stuff. We're good. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, bud, thanks for uh, taking some time and telling us about this movie that we should all watch. Yeah, I think if you have time or just read the story that, you know, the, a, lot, yeah. a lot of stuff that Nick read online, I guess you got it off, off, the, off online. Yeah, there's a lot of people kind of writing about kind of comparing, you know, how does the movie compare to his real life? And oh, there's there you a lot go. of, okay. it seems like they um, did their due diligence and really did get a lot of stuff pretty accurate according to the uh, people they talk yeah, to. Yeah, it sounded very close to the movie. So if you're not afraid of raw language and raw, uh, not 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 so much raw scenes, but just raw language, uh, it's a it's a tough movie to watch. 
Uh, but it's also just an inspiring movie. I mean, I just love the end. Of it. And, and the, even at the credits, they had the real Father Stu on there. He came mm-hmm. on and talked about uh, his life and stuff. And just, you know, so inspiring. You know, there's somebody that just goes through it. You know, we know a couple of people at church that go through a lot of health issues. And I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. gosh, I would use that as an excuse to bow out for a while and just say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not feeling it right now. Right. I got to get through all this. But they don't. And I'm just so inspired by them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Constipated Christian Podcast. However you are tuning in, be sure to follow or subscribe, as well as leave a rating and review. If you are interested in learning more ways on how to live out your faith, you can visit our website at theconstipatedchristian.org. And if you'd like to leave Bud or one of our guests a comment, you can email it to theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.